I have two objects here, and I want to kind of see if uh, we can figure out what these things are, okay? So I found these. Uh, I, I, I want you to sh- uh, just yell out, literally yell out. If you think you have an idea, I don't know how to hold it. If you have an idea of what, what this is and how it works. So if you have an idea of what this is, just yell it out. I want to hear it. You, it's the only time you can yell out in church like this. It's great. It's a bird feeder. All right, we got a bird feeder over here. Uh, somebody else, tell me, what do you think this is? Junk. I'll talk to you after service after I explain to you my illustration. No, the junk. Okay, seriously, that is a great application to this. This is great. Uh, It's a paperweight. What did you say? A timeout chair. That would be a very uncomfortable timeout and a very small person. So we've got a, a bird feeder, junk, timeout chair. Give me one more. What is this? Firewood. It's firewood. That's great. It's it's amazing how we'll take an object like this and everybody's trying to figure it out. But this is what we do. This is just human nature. I I am going to do my best and my knowledge to try to label this. I'm going to try to figure out what this is. Have an outside perspective, so I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to give you, oh, we're good at this. I'm going to give you my feelings and opinions when it comes to this. Well, I feel, or I think, or the way I see it, we, we start throwing all of these names and things out there to be able to do that. So we, we, but the problem is, let's say I was to try to use this as a, a timeout chair, and then all of a sudden they get a splinter, or, or, or it falls over, or breaks, or whatever, and then we sit there, and we get so frustrated, because we're like, man, that is junk. Well, it's another label. Uh, that, that doesn't work. It's, it's worthless as a timeout chair. Or I try to use it as a bird feeder, and I sit there and I put it out there, and people come up and say, what's your opinion of that? I say, well, it's a, well, from what I know, I feel, I think, or I've had other people tell me that it's a bird feeder. It's a good bird feeder? No, honestly, it's, it works terrible. It doesn't hold the bird seat. It falls apart. You know, it, it rocks. It's unsteady. It's all these different problems that I have with this. And so, so all of a sudden, all it does is bring frustration because I'm trying to match it up with what you think. Or I'm trying to match it up with what I think or how I feel. And then you sit there and I'm going to voice my opinion about it because I'm going to sit there and say, I don't know, I'm just, what, what do you think it is? I think it's this, to be honest, I'm unsure because I tried this and that didn't work and that brought frustration and I'm a little aggravated because I was so confident it was this and all it does is bring, there's no confirmation. Actually, if you were asking me to sit on it, I probably wouldn't sit on it because I'm, I'm, not, conf- I'm not confident in it. Is that what it's for? Uh, I don't know. Is it good at that? I, I don't know. You guys know what I'm saying? It's just, it's frustrating. It, it, this happens. It brings confusion. It doesn't work out right. I want to introduce you guys to my son when he was a little boy, okay? So my little boy from the time he was little, this was Jordan. He, he, he's 20 years now, uh, 20 years old now. He towers over me. He said, looks nothing like this. Uh, but when he was little, he had this obsession with tools and building and construction and things like that. So I remember we dressed him up like this one time. We were taking him to Bob the Builder Live. Have any of you guys been to Bob the Builder Live? Oh, it's an epic show. If you ever get a chance, date night worthy. It's a great thing to do. So we took him to Bob the Builder Live when he was little. He loved it. 
and stuff. So he began to grow with this desire. We'd give him tools. We bought him drills. We did all this. I mean, we, we, we watched over him. We were good parents. But, well, the, except the one time where he found a screwdriver in the house, and uh, he walked in the living room with the screwdriver, and he said to us, hey, mom, dad, come see what I did. And we were like, oh, no, I mean, there's no telling. We walked into Logan's nursery at the time when Logan was just a baby, and we found this. And Jordan took apart the changing table because he figured out what screwdrivers do. And he figured out how to take the bolt. And we couldn't get mad at him because it was like he was, he was doing what the tool was used to do, but he was kind of destructive. But I thought if he had skills like that, a week later I had him change the oil in my car because I figured if he has mad skills... As a parent, the right thing to do is just tap into those skills. So he ended up doing a lot of different inventions. He was always doing I didn't have time to pull all these things up, but he was a little bit, uh, he liked to chill and hang out, so he created a snack hat. It was one of his inventions that he did. Um, so the bowl on the one side is where you put the snacks, and the other side is where you put your drinks, and he made that out of a bicycle helmet, and that's what he did. And uh, another time we came in, and he had a phone holder, that he created out of the same helmet. And at the bottom of it, he's got the phone with hold. So he said, this is great, Dad. I can sit on the couch and not have to look or not have to hold my phone while I watch videos and stuff like that. He advanced a little bit after that. He, he, he built a missile launcher uh, out of PVC pipes and an air compressor uh, that had an electronic valve on it. You could put the missiles on the end of it. It would shoot like 200 feet. It's pretty cool. He, he just had a creative mind to be able to build things like that. One day he said, Mom, Dad, I want you to come and see something that I built. So he was younger. We walked into the living room, and that's where this was. Who said this was junk? <laughs> My little boy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so Jordan had these in there, and I said, Jordan, what is that? I just couldn't figure it out. He said, Dad, let me show you their stilts. And he had them strapped to his feet, and, I, and I'd look at it, and honestly, I would have the idea and say, well, that looks like junk. I would have that opinion about it. That looks kind of like junk, or it doesn't make sense, or I can't figure it out. And he said, Dad, let me explain it. He said, I, I put ropes around the top so that they would tie to my feet. He said, I actually made the center really strong to hold my center of gravity. He said, at the bottom of it, I made it really big to be able to make it to where they were stable and I wouldn't fall over. He said, Dad, it's cool because it has purpose to it. He said, when I'm doing this, I can reach things and do things in my closet that I normally couldn't do, and I can reach the top part uh, of my shelf. And he went through all these different things. It's an amazing thing that happened. I, I would have mislabeled this all day long. I didn't understand it. I had confusion and frustration and misuse and no affirmation and no validation I had questions, and I had using things in the proper way and things falling apart and, and all these different things. And you say, why? Because I didn't know what they were. And by the way, you didn't know what they were either. We were guessing. Everything changed. When I go to the Creator, I say, what is this for? The Creator says, well, in your eyes it might be junk, but let me explain to you. It actually has a purpose. In your eyes, this might not make sense. In your eyes, this might not work. And if you start relabeling things, and you start making things to be what you think it should be, I promise you, all you're going to do is have frustration and aggravation. 
If you try to use that as a bird feeder, a timeout chair, if you're using it to prop up a car or planters and all this other stuff, it's not going to work. You say, why? Because it wasn't created for that reason. Now, I know you guys already know where I'm going with this. And the, the idea is that our world and our culture struggles with the same thing in, in our world. It's, it, 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 things, life doesn't make sense. It gets aggravating and frustrating. We were talking about this paradox last week about Jesus, and we're talking about our gospel identity and finding our identity in Jesus Christ. and How we go to the world for everything. Well, we'll run to the world and say, what do you think I am? Or what do you think I should be? And, and, and we, we try to put up this facade of what we should be based on the opinions of others or based on the opinion of yourself. I feel like I should be this, or I'm a loser, or I'm, I'm good for nothing, or I was a mistake in life, and we have all these things. Or we try to put up a, a false facade in front of people. We want to look better than what we are. We use that illustration of what it's like to put up filters. It's not truly who you are. But, but, but you're hiding who you are behind the scenes, and, and it's a major problem in our culture today. It brings confusion. Jesus brought this paradox. I'm not going to re-preach that message, but he said this. He said, in order to gain your life, you have to lose it. Let me use that as the illustration of this. In order for you to truly know what this is, you've got to let go of your opinion of what you think it is. I, Jordan, what is this? And he said, well, Dad, by the way, it's not a bird feeder. It's not a, it's not a chair. It's not a stool. It's not a plant planter. It's not any of those things. Dad, let me say, you've got to let go of what you think it is so you can embrace what it actually is. And dad, this is what it is, and this is how it works, and this is what it was created to be. God has purpose to it. Jesus was telling the disciples, if you want to know who you were meant to be, you've got to let go of every label that's been put on you. Without this, there's no peace. We have anxiety, depression that leads to suicide and all sorts of other issues. We lack purpose, we lack identity, and we're constantly seeking validations. We're talking about removing the filters. I mean, literally getting to who you are getting to the heart of who you are, getting to the real you. No, 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 no putting up the facade, no putting up the, 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 the smoke and mirrors and everything else that we hide behind because the gospel has to be our, our source of knowing who we are because it is absolute truth. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use Peter, and I'm going to use him from two illustrations. So turning your Bibles to John chapter 1. And Peter works with us as for knowing our identity because the fact is most of us identify with Peter. If anybody is like that, you just say, well, you talk about Peter, dude, you talk about me. Raise your hand if that's, if that's you. Okay, hands going up all over the place. Because why? He, I'll explain why as we go this. He, he's kind of a free spirit guy. He does a lot of dumb things. Sticks his foot in his mouth a lot. He says the wrong things a lot of times. He's very zealous. He's very passionate. He doesn't really know himself that way, that well. And in, in this passage, in John 1, 40, 41, 42, it, it really pulls out a lot. And I'm going to tell you right now that I'm only going to be able to scratch the first part of this because, honestly, the more I got into the second part, I realized that I needed a full time uh, for that, and I couldn't unload that. But before I do, I want to read Matthew four eighteen. Matthew gives the, another parallel because the Gospels— are four different perspectives told by four different people of the same situation of telling the life of Jesus Christ. So while you're in John 1.40, let me read Matthew 4.18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. 
I'm going to ask you this question, who is speaking? It's Jesus. Jesus is speaking to them. He's, he's the creator. He was Jesus. He was calling them, follow me. Let me show you. It's like this. Let me show you who, who you truly are. Let me show you what you were created to be. Let me show you, show you what your purpose is in life. Let me eliminate the question marks and confusion. Say, so why did they have so much confidence in him? Because they realized that he was the creator, the author. Listen to him. The visual that God gives us is God also steps into our lives. When I was 16 years old, I, I, I found Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I was, I was lost. I didn't get it. I grew up in church, but I didn't get it. I mean, I understood a lot of the things in the Bible, but never sunk into my heart. So it's a matter of when it comes to our identity, the identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. What, what is this? What are you? <clears throat> That's what your identity is. What are you? You have to start with that. If you're going to know what your purpose is in life, if our college students and high school students and those that are going through school right now, if you're going to know what you're good at and what you were created to do and where you're going to get satisfaction and how it works, you have to start with your identity. What am I? Who am I? You say, how are you going to answer that? You've, you've got to encounter the, the creator. You've got to start with this. You've got to start with who he is. You know, I know a lot of these things. Man, you grew up in church. Praise God for that. Man, most of these kids grew up in church. Praise God for that. You say, I, I, I'm in the, in, uh, go to classes and life groups and Sunday school classes. I'm involved in all these different things. Praise God for that. It's not a matter of what's in your head. It's what you do with it, by the way. It's not a matter of how much you load up your brain with information about the Bible. It's what you do. Because when Jesus encountered them and he said, hey, guys, you're Peter. You're Andrew. That's who you are. Follow me. And I'll make you into something. It's a matter of following Jesus, not just knowing Jesus. You acknowledge him as the creator. Genesis 1.27, I know this is basic, but please listen to me because this is needed. This is needed. I say to every young person, I say to every person that struggles with this, when it comes to your identity and life, you must start here. Let me read this in John 1.20, or Genesis 1.27. So God created man. In his own image, in the image of God, created he them. Male and female created he them. I'm going to ask you the question, who created you? That was weak. Who created you? God created you. He sat there and started like, oh no, it's going to be one of those messages. We know this, man. We know this. Please hang with me. God is the creator of man. God is the designer of man. He knows you because he made you. I, I, I need to tell you the reason that I'm doing this today because a lot of times we go through the motions of going to church and maybe you got plans and you know what you're doing after this. Praise God. Man, you got plans and parties and cookouts and all that stuff. But what God was saying is in order to know your future, you better eliminate the confusion so that you know where you're going. You need to know where you're going. If you're going to live a life full of joy and peace, God has promised us these things, but they only come from God. Joy and peace has to come from God. You say, of course I believe in God. There's a big difference in your life between knowing God and following God. You want to know the reason that I'm telling you the difference of where you're going to end up in life, the graduates, where they're going to end up in life, where you're going to end up in life? It's not a matter of you knowing that God's your creator. It's a matter of you listening to him as your creator. 
That makes all the difference. We have enough people that will go off to school and sit in a class and sit there and begin to hear words like, you know, like, who are you? I'm so-and-so. And like, well, I grew up in church. That's nice. That's cute. Now I'm going to tell you who you are and where there's a, a big bang that happened and there is no God and uh, redefining everything that there is to culture and stuff. Just a matter of the question is, who are you going to listen to? Because you can check off that whole church background and be able to be formed into the image of this world around us. Jesus was calling the disciples. So powerful. John 1.40, Andrew, Peter's brother, meets Jesus. Jesus begins to lay out their life. Listen to this. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when, he, when Jesus beheld him, Jesus said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is interpretation, a stone. You talk about the moment that changed everything. You, you talk about it, and I'm going to promise you now, I'm only going to get halfway into this passage. You have to come back next week to get the whole story. But you can imagine, they're there to introduce Jesus to Peter. You know what Jesus does? Jesus introduced Peter to Peter. It's, it's, it's the craziest thing that's happened. Jesus is introducing Peter to Peter. He said, oh, you are Peter. He walks right up to him. He says, you are Peter, the author, the creator, the master of the universe. He says, you are Peter. Okay, that's Mark. You know my brother. I, I get that. He says, by the way, you're a stone. The creator knew more about Peter than Peter knew about Peter. Your creator knows more about you than you know about you. He begins to unpack this. When the disciples met Jesus, they met their creator. And here's the thing. Our creator gives us a real identity. Our creator gives us a real identity. Our real identity. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> the disciples began to follow and listen to the one that created him. He said in verse 41, he first findeth his own brother Simon and said, and we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. The step one at the beginning, like I said, it all begins with the creator of who he is. Do you recognize who he is? And they said, let, let me introduce you to this guy. Who is he? Oh, guys, let me tell you right now, he's not just any guy. He's not just a prophet. He's not just the head of the church. He's not just the guy that we talked about. He is the Christ. He is the author of our life. He is the master of everything. He is the creator of everything. Watch what the creator does. And he brought him to Jesus, said it, and he beheld him and said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is in, by interpretation a stone. Watch what we learn from him. He says this, you're, you're Cephas. You, you are a stone. Now, this is the part that I'm going to pause on and get into next week because that is your purpose. That is where God's taking you to. It's not just a matter of God calling you at the beginning saying, I've got a plan for you. You've got to trust him that he knows what he's doing with your life because he created you for a purpose the same way that you sit there and say, now that I know what this is, it's, it's, uh, it's a still, praise God, that's good news. But Jordan says, Dad, let me tell you what I can do with it. Dad, let me tell you that it has purpose to it. It's what God was saying in this part. But before, we got to start with the, the creator and your identity. Number one, he knows you. 
He knows everything about you. He knows where you came from. You sit there and say, I'm lost in life and I'm trying to figure out myself and I'm looking in within myself and I'm trying to find my way through life. Everything will change in your life when you start with the creator because he knows you. I'm gonna tell you, he knows you better than you know yourself. He He knows you better than your best friend. He knows you better than your mom and dad. He knows you better than your spouse. He knows you. He knows your faults your insecurities. He knows what, you, what, what, what you're struggling with in your mind. He knows what you fall apart when you get through. He knows why you were brought into this world. Now, I'm going to say a lot of things. I'm about to say a lot of things, and I need you to put on your mind that God is everything, and we listen and start with God, not the world, not the philosophy of the world, not social media, not what's going on in the world around us. I don't care what they say on any TV show or whatever. You've got to set that down. If life is going to make sense, you've got to set it down. Young people, I, I, I know we get wrapped up in all these things and what's going on in culture, whatever pops are, and everybody else around us tells us to think. We've got to start here. So let me unload this. He knows you. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I form you, this is your creator. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Think of what he was saying. He knows you inside and out. He knows your insecurities. He knew Peter. He went up to Peter and he said, Peter, you're going to deny me. He went up to Peter and said, your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. Peter said, they're saying, I'd rather die for you than drop the ball when it comes to me serving you, God. Do you know what Peter did? Peter went out and denied Jesus three times. You know why? Because God knew him better than he knew himself. He knew Peter. He identifies Peter because he knew Peter better than Peter knew Peter. And he knows you. Number two, he gets you. Peter was such an odd guy. He was kind of the comic relief of the New Testament. He was the guy, if you had in there, and he'd start talking, everybody would be like snickering. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Well, Peter's about to talk. Man, it's going to get funny. Peter's about to make a fool of himself. Peter's about to do something stupid. You know, they, they knew it. Peter did it all the time. Peter was good at doing stupid things. He was, P- Peter didn't understand where the zeal, the zeal was. It, it wasn't channeled in the right direction for him to understand, why am I so zealous why, do I, why am I so bold? It had to be channeled by God for him to be put on the right path to accomplish the plan that he had for his life. But before Peter knew that, Peter did a bunch of stupid things. Peter was awkward. He was zealous in areas that got him in trouble. Peter was the one that rebuked Jesus for saying that he was going to die, and Jesus graciously corrected him. It was Peter that fell asleep when, when Jesus went to the garden. Peter falls asleep. Jesus has to go wake him up. God, God got him. God knew him. God understood him. It was Peter that ro- rose up with that sword. And Peter goes after the servant when they went to arrest him. And Jesus like pushes Peter all the way, reaches down, picks up the ear, puts it back, and continues on his way. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people in here and you say, nobody gets me. I do dumb things. I'm going to tell you, I think differently than everybody else. I, 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 I don't know how to process my feelings. I don't know how to process my emotions. I get worked out with things. Man, I've got something inside, and I know that God has a plan for me. And I didn't know. I just don't know how to do I don't know what to do with this. Until the Creator reaches in His life, in your life, and He says, I, I, I get you. Let me tell you why I made you so passionate. Let me tell you why you're so bold to speak. 
And you got to stop doing that on Facebook and let me teach you how to do that behind, you know, for the witness of the gospel. And I've got to stop to get you that anger in this way and make it into a righteous anger to stand up for righteousness. You see what I'm saying? God got him. God knew him in a way that nobody else did. He knows you. He gets you. Number three, he designed you. This is your God speaking to you. I love you guys, okay? I'm going to shoot you very straight as I talk to you about your design. This is your God speaking to you in Jeremiah 1.5. Your God, your creator, the one that invented your life said this, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You were handcrafted by God. Now some of you are going to step back and say, actually, I know what happened. My mom and dad, you know, we start going into the birds and the bees talks when we're talking about this. You got to understand that what God was talking about that happened or transpired, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God is your creator. Just like Adam, God formed you. Human life is a miracle. Human life is a gift from God. It's a divine gift from God. I know we struggle with bad habits and things. I'm not talking about those things being who you are because we all struggle with that. We were created in the image of God and who we wanted us to be. Then we were born into a screwed up world. We were. So we battle with bad habits and stuff. And I'm not trying to get you, anybody to walk out of here and say, man, I have this bad habit because God made me that way. That's not what we're talking about. But I am going to say that every detail of your life is on purpose. Psalms 139.14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. The word fearful means that it can't fully be comprehended or explained. Have you ever got around something and it just sets you in awe and says, you get to the Grand Canyon or you see a sunset or you, you, you see the northern lights or something like that and you just stand back and you, you can't explain it. So it makes you step back in, in, in an atmosphere or a mindset of awe and wonder. See, man is baffled by DNA that they were made up of. Man cannot replicate it. They're trying to. They try to do all these things and manipulate it, but they cannot do it. The more we study it, the more we're amazed by the DNA of man. How one cell from your mom can come in one cell from your dad, and they come together, and one cell contains three billion characters. If you were to read your DNA and you were to write it out in characters, It would take you 96 years reading 24 hours a day to be able to understand who you are. It's the DNA of what you were made. Do you know who created that? It was God. From the very beginning, God said, I formed you in the belly. I made you this way. Out of the millions of people, God made us unique. God made you unique. There are 75 trillion cells that make up your body. There's enough DNA in your body to go back and forth to the moon over and over and over again. These cells carry your DNA from your parents that make up your eye color and your personality and the way that you laugh and the the way if you're an introvert or an extrovert, every aspect of your life. And you sit there and say, I don't get it. Man, I don't understand, man. Why did God make me so tall? Or why did God make me so insecure in this area? Why am I so struggling with this? Or why am I so outgoing and my brother's not? Or why, 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 why? You realize you need to start from the very beginning that God makes no mistakes. Your creator from the very beginning, he says you are fearfully, wonderfully made. So don't put it down in the, in the mindset of what man can comprehend. You've got to understand it. You'll never fully understand the wonder of who you are. 
Because you were created by the creator of the universe. He said you were fearfully made. You're you're, you're a divine creation. You're beyond description. But he said you're wonderfully made. You know the word wonderfully means to stand in wonder of something. The word made means to be intentional. If you make something just like this, and Jordan comes back and he says, what is that? Well, Dad, I made it. Every cut, every screw, every board, every glue, it was intentional. God said, I made you. Now, I'm leading up to something. I need you to get this. We're we're, we're reading straight from the Scripture, are we not? It's absolute truth. The creator of our God, we all said, who made you? God. Okay, great. It's what you do with that now. The world would get this. It would change the world around us. Made means intentional. You are not a mistake. Man will label you as a mess up. Man will label you as a mistake. Man will label you something else and stand back and say, that's not what it should be. God says, I knew what I was doing from the very beginning. God didn't change his mind or drop the ball when God made you. Man does not get a say in who you are or what you do because man did not make you. Stop giving man the authority over your life. Stop giving culture authority over your life. You are special to God. It says, marvelous are your works. The word marvel means to man stand back and wonder. Something that makes you stand back in awe or takes your breath away. Like walking up to the Grand Canyon or something like that. You're just like, wow, wow. You sit back and you see something like the Grand Canyon. You see a mountain or top or something like that. You see the ocean for the first time. And you stand back and you just look at that for a moment. You can't comprehend it. And it's so big and so amazing that it overwhelms your senses. Your creation you've been brought into the world, God says, is marvelous. Literally means that it's the most amazing thing that God created to make man stand back and drop their jaw of the wonder and beauty of what God does. This is why confusion in our culture is so dangerous. Why is this so important to understand? Why is this basic principle so vital To stand back and say you were born a guy and you should have been a girl is to tell the creator that he messed up. God can't mess up. When people say, what gender were you assigned at birth? The gender that God designed me to have from the beginning. Because God said at the very beginning, I formed you in the womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator. Now you see where you're saying, well, yeah, God made everything good for you. Then you say that. But what does that mean when it comes to application of the life? It means that if God made you and God makes no mistakes and the absolute truth is what we base our life on, then you have to come to the mindset to understand that God doesn't make mistakes. And when man begins to say, I'm going to change what God did. I'm going to reverse or undo or all these other things that we do. All of a sudden what happens is we begin to put ourselves above God. And what God says, marvelous, man marks as a mistake. You better be careful when you mess with what God says is marvelous. Why do we have so much problems in our culture today? 
Because man has begun to play God. And no wonder that happens, because like I said, there's a great falling away. The more we get away from the word of God, the more we begin to do what is right in our own eyes. And the more we get away from the word of God, the word of God is a light unto my feet, a light unto my path. You know what a light does? It illuminates so you know what's going on. Turn off the light, walk around, you'll fall on your face. Why? Because you cannot see what's in front of you. That is what's happening in our culture today. He says in 139, verse 14, Psalms, he says, I will praise thee at the beginning of that. You know why? Because everything changes in your life when you stop looking at man and you put your eyes on God and saying, you know what? When I go to college, nobody tells me where the world comes from because I already know. And nobody tells me who I am because I already know. And nobody tells me what my life is about or nobody labels me as a mistake because I already know. God created me. He makes no mistakes. I know what I am because my God is my author my creator, my inventor of my life. He knows, but this is where it brings us. And I know I feel like that. I just running all over the place when it came to this, but the more I got into this and, and I, I was trying to get to Cephas and the rock and God overwhelmed me with this, this image and this principle of what we're talking about. He said, I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, but look at the rest of it. And that my soul knoweth right well. When I get that, when I start, I will praise thee, and I start there, and then I acknowledge that wonderful are thy works and everything, and I get that in my head, it says my soul knows this is right. Do you know what that is? That is validation from my God, where God looks down at us and everybody says, that's junk, or that's wrong, or that's misused, or it should be something else, and God says, stop listening to them. You are exactly what you were created to be. You're wonderful in the eyes of our God. I know what you are. I'll show you what you are. Quit listening to the world around you. That validation gets me through everything. Because I don't care what you say, I only care what he says, because he is the owner of my life. How do we get this? See, it's got to be brought through the same way than when in this passage, what's going on in this. In Matthew 4, 18, and the same thing in John 1, where they encounter Jesus. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, the author, the creator, said words unto them, follow me, here's instructions, and I will make thee fishers of men. Here's your future, here's your purpose. And they straightway left their nets. That's obedience and trust in the one. And they followed him. That's the direction that you're gonna go. So here's the thing, where you're gonna go depends on who you're listening to and who you're following. Peace and fulfillment come from listening and following your creator. I ask you who you're listening to. See, the world around will decide who you are and what you're to look like and where you find peace and what gender you are. And they'll tell you to live in the moment and live it up and who cares what the Bible says. But without truth, we're all left with lies. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. If you're going to have success for your future, you're going to know what life is all about. You've got to hear what he's saying, not just say, I believe there's a God. When God steps into your life, it's time that you follow God. What do you want me to do? And who are you saying that I am? That's why we sing this song all the time. I am who you say I am. You're declaring that from your hearts. And he knows who you are because he invented you. He created you. He knows you. He gets you. 
We drift from the voice of God. We drift out of church. We get so busy with college and school and sports and everything, and then we wonder why our kids are so messed up because we've gotten away from the voice of God. And God speaks to us in all sorts of different ways. He'll speak to us through music. I asked you, what kind of music are you listening to? And are you allowing God to speak to you through your music? God will speak to you through church, but why do we make up so many excuses not to be here like we should? God will speak to us through his word, but we've got to take time to sit down and read it. God will speak to us. But the question is, are we even listening? And if we're not, no wonder we're so lost and confused in this world. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is interpretation is stone. When Jesus saw him, and I love this. this, this is what happened, okay? I'm wrapping it up right now. He comes into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus walks right up to him and declares who he is. Jesus had every authority to do that. You know why? Because Jesus was the creator of Peter. I know I'm using this as an illustration, but you'll understand that Jesus was the creator of Peter. Jesus was looking at Peter. Say, Peter, I know nobody else gets you. I know not everybody's going to understand you. He said, Peter, by the way, you don't even get you. There's times that you go to bed at night and you're saying, man, all I did was mess up all day. The other guys have labeled me a loser and an idiot and a jerk. And man, I need to just keep my mouth shut. But God, I can't keep my mouth shut because I feel like I need to speak. And God says, I, I know I get that. I, I made that in you. You're just using it in the wrong way. You don't understand. And then Jesus says to him and in that passage, he said, hey, Peter, you're a stone. You can imagine all the other guys snickering and laughing. <laughs> Peter ain't no stone. He's weak. He messes up all the time. You've mislabeled that guy. God knows you better than you know you. And it's not so much what God was even saying what he was. He was saying what he was created to be. Because God began a good work in you. And a lot of times we're way off, missing it and confused and in the dark and pulling our hair out and mad at God and mad at the world because we don't get who we are. So the creator says, Peter, you've got to follow me. I created you. I know you. I know what you're made of and I know what I'm going to do with you. But you've got to listen to me. You've got to follow me if you're ever going to be what you were created to be. And I love how Jeremiah says this. He says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the thoughts. He says, I know the plans that I have that I think towards you. Sayeth the Lord, thoughts of what? Say it out. Say it again. Peace. Thoughts of peace and not an evil, not of evil to give you an expected end. He said, Peter, I already know where I'm taking you. He already knew the day of Pentecost. He already knew that he would stand up and preach the gospel. He already knew that he was going to give his life for Jesus Christ. He already knew that he was going to turn the world upside down. But Peter back here couldn't see it. But you know what you have to do in this place of graduating from high school and taking the next step and being newly married wherever you're at? You have to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not under your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And guess what? He will direct your paths. And it will be paths of peace and not of evil. It'll be passive understanding and it won't be of confusion. It'll be passive success because God does not fail. God knows what he has for you. 
But it all comes down, and I asked you, who are you listening to? This, is, this was just the introduction that I had to get into verse 42. We'll do that next week, but I really felt like God wanted me to unload this part of it, just the introduction of, man, if you met the Creator, if you met the Creator, stop listening to everybody else.